2: At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire.
0: Let's get you taken care
2: of. And now another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. That doesn't sound good. Paper shredders jammed, but I think I fixed it. Oh, well, try shredding these $50 bills then seems like it's working. Mm, better try another 400 bucks. Stop. Instead of using money, use regular paper. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary.
3: Welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Quentin. With me, as always, is my brother Travis. And this is one of those times, dude. Another episode that was inevitable. I feel like it took us way too long to cover this band, dude. I am super excited to dive into these guys. So we are covering Modest Mouse today and we're going to dive into their first three major record label albums uh which you were not familiar with, Jeff. Is that right? That's right. Yeah,
4: that song that was intro introed in right there. Never heard of it. I would have had to like think hard if someone were to ask me who that was cuz to me that it, it doesn't really sound like like the the modest mouse that I'm familiar with. You know what I mean? And so I'm I like you know I'm in store for I'm in store for some treats here.
3: And here's the thing, man. And this is why I'm so excited about today. And what's happening right now, dude? If you thought that song didn't sound like Modest Mouse, just wait, dude.
4: I mean, what that tells me is I don't know Modest Mouse, you know. Cuz they they they've been around for so long prior to the album where they where they caught on. The one that that everybody was intro
3: to. Yeah, they've been around since mid '90s. And last week we covered the Pixies, and right here, dude, at the top of of Modest Mouse's Wikipedia page, strongly influenced by Pavement, Pixies, XTC, and look at that, dude, Talking Heads. Damn, dude, <laughs> we couldn't
4: have planned this better. I don't. I think. know, man.
3: But no, so I've always felt that Modest Mouse and the Pixies were like. Kindred spirits, you know, like they go yeah. so well together. And you're gonna, dude, you're gonna love these tracks that I'm bringing today. So we're playing six songs today. We're gonna cover two from each of their first three full lengths, which is uh, This Is a Long Drive for Someone with Nothing to Talk About, which came out in '96, The Lonesome Crowded West, which came out in '97, and then The Moon in Antarctica, which came out in 2000. That intro song was what I I think it's a pretty pretty popular Modest Mouse song. Like if you're a Modest Mouse fan, you love this song. It's one of my favorites. The song is called "Gravity Rides Everything." So, Trev, you're familiar with with uh, "Float On," right? And from that point onward, that's what you that's the Modest Mouse that you know. Well,
4: I got to be honest, I've never really given them a fair listen. Like I, I know the singles basically.
3: That intro song, that uh, that album, which is uh, Moon in Antarctica, is when they started to change a little bit from, from what they were doing previously. So sometimes we do this when we cover, you know, a, a huge band that, that like, if you don't realize you know, you probably do, or at least you know one song of theirs. Uh, so let's play the the, probably their most popular song to date, I'd imagine. I don't have numbers in front of me here, but. Let's play a little bit of Float On, which again came out on their album Good News for People Who Love Bad News, which came out in 2004. So this was the album right after the three that we're going to cover today. So let's play just a smidge of Float On. that's a de- that's a defining song of the early 2000s dude you know totally totally such and, and it holds up and it's such a great track
4: really and for some reason uh, this is a random thought but it, i always pair this song in my head with take me out by Franz ferdinand <laughs> i think they must have been on uh like trl at the same time or something like that because yeah you know but that's the thing a, a lot of those garage rock bands and stuff like that were putting out songs that kind of sounded like this. And that's that's what's interesting about Modest Mouse is that they had been around for so so long prior to that success, you know, and so they kinda of inserted themselves into the garage post punk revival uh scene, right? As far as like the bands that they were that they were grouped with. But they're not that, you know, they're they're not that kind of band.
3: No, and and I didn't really look into to that single or like what happened to to finally you know like how how did that song blow up was it just one of those like it just happened to be you know certain
4: I mean it's probably the it's probably due in part to just the TRL effect or whatever right I mean all those bands that had a successful song on on TRL had some success you know like that's how that's how you had bands like Korn make it into the mainstream in, in some small way, because they their videos were hugely successful on, on MTV. So like it, it could be
3: part of that. Another thing too, man, this is, I believe, their first release on Epic Records, which is, I mean, a massive record label. So that could have been part of it. All right, so enough about good news and enough about Float On. Let's dive into the oldies. I'm not going to get into any history, dude. We're just going to go get right into it. The three founding members are Isaac Brock, he's the lead singer, he plays guitar as well, Jeremiah Green on drums, and Eric Judy on bass. So they do bring in additional musicians on these albums. But yeah, that's the founding members, and they all met just outside of Seattle back in the early 90s, and they just started making music together. I feel like the only way to get into this dude is just to play our first pick. I want to hear your reaction to it, and... The song that we're playing is gonna be the very first track on their debut studio album. Okay, awesome. This is nineteen ninety-six. That's really important. So this is very important. Modest mouse in the nineties, uh
4: the grunge movement already happened, right? So like we're right on the on the
3: on the tail end of that. We're in that uh alt rock post grunge scene. Now again, they they made you know, tiny little seven inches and stuff before this, but this is technically their first full length. Sure. This is when people started paying attention to them, at least locally in, in, uh, in Washington state. Um, all right, dude. So here we go. So I'm going to, dude, I'm going to be cheating quite a bit on the, on these tracks. A lot of them I split up into two so that, you know, so we don't get any knocks on our door from any record labels, but we're we're basically playing the whole song. Okay. Again, this one is the very first track. On their debut album, this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about. Came out in 96. This song is called Dramamine. song dude so much it will always be one of my favorite modest mouse songs
4: yeah really really solid track i I feel like i've heard that song before but um yeah so you know it kind of follows the uh pixies template a little bit of like a really straightforward and melodic clean guitar tone Melody
3: and stuff like that. And definitely his vocal delivery, too. Like, And then the vocals, right. The, the, yeah, the, like the loud, quiet, loud kind yeah, of yeah. stuff.
4: But like, yeah, the, the, in the accentuating certain parts of the, the lyrics and, and uh, yeah, I mean, beautiful guitar uh, melody in the background, too. Really kind of a somber song.
3: Yeah, and, and the main focus of, of the, the lyrics throughout all these songs on this album, um, you know, goes along with the name of the album traveling by automobile and the loneliness associated with rural life and yeah dude I mean, if you have a long drive ahead of you stick this album on and press play and that dude this drama I mean it's such a great driving song man and this whole album is it's great for that it's the name of the album this is a long drive yep his lyrics are, are great too dude i'm gonna read some lyrics from here you know it what says, let uh, me just
4: say right there since she said lyrics you know, float on like the cleverness of the lyrics, and like, and that that other song that that I'm familiar with, um, uh, dude, there's some other song names that are hard to freaking remember, but it's uh, <laughs> it's called "The Ground Walks with Time in a Box." The lyrics are so damn clever. Oh, and that one came out not that long ago, dude. 2015, yeah,
3: yeah. So, um, sounds like that's just been his thing the whole time here. He's a, he's a very clever songwriter, and apparently he has been. Just jotting down his his thoughts forever, like since he was a really young dude. So lyrics, he says, um, traveling, swallowing, dramamine, feeling spaced, breathing out Listerine. I'd said what I'd said that I'd tell you and that you'd killed the better part of me. This part down here that I really like. He says, we kiss on the mouth, but still cough down our sleeves, traveling, swallowing, dramamine. So clever, dude. It's such a like, yeah. See, like we're we're close enough that we kiss on the mouth, but but we still coughed on our sleeves. Like <laughs> we're passing the same germs here, you know. Uh, yeah, that's the thing.
4: His his lyrics are always like very, uh, like commentary
3: on, like, like humanity and stuff like that. Oh yeah, dude. Especially with these first three albums. All right, I got another clip here. Again, this is Dramamine. this is like a major part of what i want to focus on with these albums they used to be a much more of of like kind of like a jam band you know and not like not like in the fish or grateful dead kind of way but like they have a lot of a lot of their songs you know pick up steam and then drop back off and and change up completely and they have a lot of these great little instrumental bits throughout a, a lot of these songs I mean some of these track lengths are like 7 or 8 minutes or, or, or over 10 minutes long on, on Lonesome Crowded West this is what I love about early Modest Mouse is the the jamminess of them you know yeah and you know
4: we've talked about this quite a bit but um, you know it always makes you wonder if these moments in the earlier stuff where they kind of got to explore uh, and, and stick with the melody and stuff like that and like let it kind of play out speaks to a more independent label you know maybe when they got to float on and they're making trl videos and stuff maybe the pressure of the larger record label had them kind of stick to the format
3: you know the more i like dive into bands you know and 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 albums and, and look into the history behind them yeah dude it's so much of it has to do with the producer uh the studio you know of course the record label it's just yeah has so much to do with with how an an album and like a sound of a band evolves and sounds over time
4: yeah totally
3: all right dude so believe it or not two of my favorite modest mouse songs are on this album and i'm gonna play one of my other favorites here dude this song is called lounge <laughs>
4: Me, I think it's time to play a Talking Heads song, but I'll say why. I, I feel like this is the perfect blend of the Talking Heads influence and the Pixies influence, like right here,
3: dude. Let's hear it, man.
4: All right, this is unplanned. Well,
3: hang on now. What were your thoughts on this song, brother?
4: I fuck uh, yeah, I love it. I it's great. Um, it's such a you know, it's very, it's a very kind of like, yeah. I mean, like like I said, I I heard the Talking Heads influence. Uh,
3: I would love to know what you heard out of that that, that reminded you of Talking Heads. Well,
4: I'll play you a song, Q. <laughs> <laughs> dude,
3: this song gets me every goddamn time, dude.
4: Ugh. Yeah, th- I mean, that that melody is kind of like a, not jazzy, but I mean, a little bit jazzy. Well,
3: dude, okay, here's what I thought of, man. When, so when it switches up and he starts, like, screaming, it reminded me of, like, early Red Hot Chili Peppers.
4: okay. Yeah, it's vo- his voice a little bit, for sure.
3: Yeah, and the strumminess of the guitar and the and the bass. Line. Uh-huh. Yeah,
4: you're right. Because it is. It's kind of funky, kind of jazzy a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All
3: right, dude. Let, let's hear this Talking Hands track, man.
4: Okay. Now, this is, you know, sometimes I'm reminded of something, and then I I listen back to the song, and I'm like, eh, I don't know what I was thinking. But we'll see what you think, You. So this is a song off of their 1983 record, Speaking mm-hmm. in Tongues. Tell me if you think that I'm way off here, Q. This song is called Making Flippy Floppy. Everybody, get in line.
0: Nothing can come between us. Nothing gets you down. Nothing strikes your fancy. Nothing turns you on. Somebody is waiting in the hallway is full
4: So it's really more the melody, uh, not not the singing. But do you do you hear what I'm saying?
3: Yes, with that that like funky. That was like the Minneapolis sound, dude. You know, like what Jesse Johnson and mm. and uh the Time was doing, just with that funky synth. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. like in place of the of the traditional bass. Right. But yeah, dude, you're right. Like I was saying,
4: like it's the song that you played is is a good a good mashup of the Talking Heads influence that Modest Mouse had. Uh, plus Pixies. Yeah, absolutely. So like the, his vo- his vocals, obviously, is the the Pixies part of that equation. But
3: anyway, that's right. That's what made me think of that. And what I love about these early albums, and I don't know if they do this on purpose, but they're they're pretty sloppy, like, especially the drummer. Um, and I mean that in the as a as a huge compliment. As as a drummer, I've never liked pristine technical drumming. I've just never have. And he, you know, they kind of. Like, they kind of speed up in tempo a little bit sometimes. He kind of lags behind sometimes with the rest of the the players. I love that about it. All right, dude, so the reason I split this one up into two, and this is pretty much right as I faded out the first clip, it's there's going to be a huge changeup. It's basically going to pull, like, almost a 180 in tempo and mood and everything, so... This is a a good example of, of what they used to do a lot in the early days. All right, here is clip two from Lounge.
4: talk about something that would never happen on like a major record like a major label release i feel like they'd be like come on guys what are you doing
3: let's like, go come on this is your first uh album with us you know what are
4: you doing <laughs> yeah but that's um so did did they have is there a band member that's doing that uh,
3: yeah yeah so it's just the main three guys uh but yeah additional musicians show up brent arnold plays the cello so
4: okay so so they brought
3: in another guy to do that yeah okay. yeah yeah interesting but you know I, I I think it's so cool to, to, I mean, it, it's bold to do stuff like this in 96. It's very
4: experimental. I mean, it's, um, and, and I think it, I feel like it's on par with like, with kind of what they're doing because, you know, they're blending a lot of different genres into, into that, the post-punk, post-grunge yeah sound, you know what I mean? Because like, he's still got the, the, the angst and, and the bite and stuff like that, to his vocal delivery and stuff but they're they're kind of putting themselves out there, like you said, and, and kind of doing some different things that that than what you may have heard on on all the stuff that came in, in like the few years prior to that, you know, with the solid, heavy hard rock grunge sound you know
3: totally so I've got a good quote here from uh, a review of this album on spudnikmusic dot com says here there's a strangely relaxing vibe that comes out of the general nihilistic." tendencies modest mouse convey as the music is often abrasive songs tend to drag on with extended jam sessions and the lyrics are cryptic and confusing but the raw talent in terms of songwriting and musicianship keeps it all together and yeah you know it is kind of all over the place you know and and they're still trying to kind of find find their sound you know and like what you know who they're, they're trying to find their identity still but as all over the place as this album is like like this person saying, you know, it really does keep keep it all together like as a as a really solid album all the way through. And again, if you've got some open road ahead of you, stick this album on and press play, dude. Sure. And and just go for a drive. The same person here is I love this quote. He says, "The Smiths, Pixies, Built to Spill and the Meat Puppets get into a car and drive off a cliff." <laughs>
4: So that's the he that's the, how they describe the record, and so he's
3: yeah, he's comparing them to,
4: yeah, see, I think the driving off the cliff part of that is speaking to like like how it feels sometimes like it's like off the rails or whatever jarring because there's no cohesion yeah, 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 if all those bands get in a car together,' they're like they're not gonna agree on which direction to go. They're totally going off a cliff, <laughs> right, exactly.
3: Let's take a quick break. <laughs> Alright man, moving on. So one year later, they drop Lonesome Crowded West, and this one was starting to get some, some love. Now I don't know how many of these of this love came like later on, but uh Lonesome Crowded West is number twenty-nine on Pitchfork's one hundred greatest albums of the nineties, and fifty-nine on Spin's list of one hundred greatest greatest albums from eighty-five to two thousand five. This album It does sound a lot like this is a long drive, but they're just kind of honing in on their, like on that sporadic and drawing like juxtaposition alongside those really pretty, you know, drawn out um, like instrumental tracks. So I've got a really pretty funny clip here. This interview from them for Pitchfork, it was a little mini documentary that Pitchfork did right around the time that Lonesome Crowded West was, was about to get released. They kind of followed them around and, and it, shows a lot of the recording process and stuff. And these are the the three members of the band just kind of talking about the main themes behind Lonesome Crowded West. All right, here we go.
1: Lonesome Crowded West, I had a lot of of stuff going on in my mind that was just bothering me about strip malls and about uh, the paving of, you know, the paving of the West. I started my life out in Montana, Mm -hmm. eventually ended up outside of Seattle. When I got to Seattle, that area, Issaquah, the town I lived in, started out as a cute little town, and I got to see it very quickly just get mall-fucked, you know, and the whole, not just the town, like the the area in general, it happened pretty quick, and it kind of pissed me off.
3: Yeah, we were just, like, seeing the landscape change, like, you know, really quickly in front of us, and I lived in this place called... Factoria, <laughs> which was like a shopping mall. You know, I lived in the middle of a shopping mall basically with my mom and my brother, like,
0: yeah.
3: And I thought it was crap.
0: You know, it was starting to get built up, you know, when they were starting to build, you know, build, you know, the little strip malls and, you know, you could see that happening. You know, I, I think I feel more strongly about it now than I, did, than I did then, you know.
1: Seattle was, you know, having its weird, its boom front row seat to watch and forests disappear and the urban sprawl begin just pointless,
3: pointless shit getting built. So yeah, man, Seattle and the surrounding cities in the late nineties, just getting mall fucked, dude. I love that line. <laughs> that's a great man. quote. Dude, That's a
4: really <laughs> good quote. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You know, I, you know, God, what, what am I thinking of? There, there's a, um, I don't know. I feel like we've all, we all have places like that, that we've kind of watched as we've, you know, grown up become less and less like quaint, you know, or like whatever. Absolutely. Whatever it may have been. Uh, you know, unless you've lived in a city your whole life, you know, I mean, I I know for a fact that the city that I live in, um, we've heard stories from our our, our grandparents who who moved here before the city really kind of got them all fucked, as you would say. <laughs> And they just watched it just kind of build up around them. And then, you know, yeah, that's just kind of, that's the story of uh, urbanization, you know.
3: And I am familiar with with Issaquah, which he mentioned, and Factoria. Um, And yet, Factoria, it really is synonymous with just a huge fucking mall that's in the city. So to him, it felt like he just grew up in a mall. Like the city (laughs) is a mall kind of thing. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh the majority of the themes throughout this album are are about just that. And um let's just dive right into it, dude. So again, this is Lonesome Crowded West came out in 97 just 1 year after this is a long drive. Uh so there's an obvious a few obvious picks on this album to play especially for for modest mouse fans. I am going to skip over convenient parking, which is I think a fan favorite and play uh, one of the other tracks that that I like just to kind of show a little bit uh, different sound that they had. But before I play that one, we're going to jump right into track six. Now, I asked you last week, Trav, if doing the cockroach meant anything to you. Not a damn thing, dude. Not a damn thing? Well, you're in for treats, dude. All right, this is track six on Lonesome Crowded West. This song is called Doing the Cockroach. On, dude.
4: Yeah, it is hard to know where to begin here. Q. <laughs> um, I like that that uh, one uh, phrase jumped out at me. He said, "Tasty but worthless," and I feel like that's a good summary of you know of the mollification of of America. Right? I mean,
3: back of the metro, right on the Greyhound, drunk on the Amtrak. Please shut up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, my favorite line, dude, from any modest mouse song. The opening line, man, I was in heaven, I was in hell. Believe in neither, but fear them as well. I mean, ain't that the truth, dude? The motto of an agnostic, right there, Q.
4: <laughs> but yeah, that's um, this is a good example of like his is how great of a lyricist he, he is, right? There, there, was another line that that stood out to me. He's talking about um, one year, twenty years, forty years, fifty years down the road in your life, you'll look in the mirror and say, my parents are still alive. Now, I don't know what that is referring to because, for a lot of people, 50 years down the road, their parents are not going to be alive. You know, ours
3: won't. I mean, he was pretty young back then. But I wonder what that's referring to. You know, I don't know, man. We should reach out to him. Okay. Yeah, man. That's that's one of my favorites of so theirs. I don't know what doing the cockroach is, but it, to me, it just feels like that's a you know analogy or whatever,
4: uh, for just people living in, in... like
3: when a cockroach is like flailing about on their back. I like when he, you know, he says, uh, and this part's not in these these lyrics on, on this website, but when he says, doing the cockroach, yeah, he goes, all right, not bad. Like, yeah, you're doing the cockroach pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, we're all doing it. All right. So, moving on, we're just going to jump to the next track. This one is is something else, dude. It's, it's totally different. Comes out of left field on the album. Throws you for a loop. This song is called Cowboy Dan.
4: Great line jumped out at me when he said, um, I didn't move to the city. The city moved to me. Yeah.
3: I love how. And that's
4: exactly what, he, what the whole theme Like, that's the whole thing.
3: Yeah. I mean, what a great idea to write a whole song about like this suburbanization or whatever you want to Suburban call it. Suburban
4: sprawl. I think that's what they're called. It. Urban sprawl. Suburban
3: yeah. sprawl. Like from the perspective of a cowboy, you know?
4: Well, maybe that's how he sees himself, Q. Uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> Uh I love how he finishes each little like verse with Cowboy Dan saying something.
4: Yeah. Well, like the, to me like this is such a interesting like him experiencing this and then the, the, you know writing an album about it. Like, you know, you and I were were young in the 90s, but like this, you know, this feels like what kind of happened to everything like you know what i mean in the 90s
3: it was all about like consumerism you know like buy buy buy
4: and it's been like that ever since and it's just gotten more and more and more like that you know the the big box stores and stuff like that yeah right just taking over small towns and whatnot like that seems like it started in the 90s and we like i said we weren't really paying attention to that kind of stuff back then no we didn't think Um, but i will say it, it, it feels like the 90s was Perhaps the, the last good decade to be a kid.
3: Yeah. I mean, because, you know, we were blissful enough to not be aware of all the shit that was going down in the 90s as well. Well, and
4: just the, just not growing up with the internet. I mean, growing up alongside the internet, but not right. having it be so ubiquitous, you know. Everywhere,
3: dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
4: just so, such a part of the day-to-day life, you know. Like, the, the internet was as young as we were, you know. I feel like totally. we went through adolescence
3: together. Yeah, really. So I'm going to quote a Rolling Stone writer named Jason Fine, who wrote a review back in 98. So right after it came out, uh, he says, And at a time when American guitar rock is so desperately lacking imagination, the feisty songs of the Lonesome Crowded West are a sign that some real vitality can still be squeezed from the post-punk mold.
4: Yeah, and just another, you know, example of of, uh, of how these guys will literally incorporate any uh style or genre into their into their song to fit to fit the song you know yeah because this had some some elements of like of um uh, they were going for Twangy yeah Twangy and you know hey we talked about there
3: goes my gun by pixies last week same kind of thing you know hey dude you know what now you know we were talking about how we forgot to bring it up but now it's time dude Steely Dan. With a gun,
4: yeah, the good call, dude. I'm glad that you now. Now we get to 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 say that on mic here, but yeah, we had talked about that. How like
3: that's my favorite thing about Pretzel Logic is is how they the songs are, are shorter and they they can't they switch up the genre to fit the the song.
4: Yeah, yeah, we we didn't bring that up last week, but that that would have been a good a good comparison, dude.
3: All three of these songs could go together,
4: like lyrically. Cowboy Dan, there goes my gun, and with a gun.
3: I'm going to figure out a way to mash them all together. That would be awesome. All right, last album. So The Moon in Antarctica. This is when you're going to start to see them change a little bit with like how, I guess it sounds a lot like the recording has to do with it. I mean, like maybe the studio space that they had access to. They're still, or this is, so, okay. This is their first major label, uh, Epic Records album. So I, I assume that. Good news was was the one, but no. So this this was their first record on Epic. I'm assuming that maybe they had access to a much bigger studio and all that good stuff. Making assumptions here, but they started to do really cool. Um, and you heard that in the intro song, you know. Uh, they start throwing in in like uh, post effects and stuff. Uh, you know, and start kind of playing around more. Um, they have a lot more musicians that jump in on this album. Some lap steel guitar, keyboards. I really like Moon in Antarctica. Again, this is like right before they exploded with Float On. So we're just playing two tracks from this one and they're actually back-to-back, so my second clip of this first track is gonna fade us right into my last pick of the night. So, we're gonna jump to track four on the Moon in Antarctica. This song is called Perfect Disguise.
0: i mm-hmm.
4: I mean, th- these guys are just so versatile, you know.
3: I love it, man. Love it, love it.
4: Very, very talented, um, very talented musicians, you know. Yeah, I think somebody had mentioned that, right? I-, I feel like this is also just a huge sneak peek at, at, at the indie bands of the two thousands, you know. Like, I feel like this is, yeah. And that's why. That's why they fit in so well with Float On and stuff like that. The post rock indie stuff that happened in the 2000s is is you know they were kind of doing that that thing where you know you're taking in and borrowing styles from the from the past or you know doing the more uh, clean driven jangly sounding guitar type stuff
3: right like mixing uh the new wave and post punk together yeah i mean that was kind of what it was the the garage rock revival of the early 2000s just kind of uh hodgepodge of all the stuff that was happening in the nineties. Definitely. Love it, love it. You hear that banjo in that in that one.
4: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like they will incorporate any any style into their song. You know, that's what's that's what I'm learning here. And that's what's so great about them. And I don't I I honestly can't say whether or not that continues to happen.
3: I, I don't know either, yeah.
4: In records that happen later, but that's definitely what's jumping out at me here.
3: And I like the uh Almost like Beach Boys kind of harmonizing in that one.
4: Mm, yeah, that is that is something different.
3: All right, so this is a super short track. So I'm going to play just the very end of it, and it's going to play right into another one of my favorites from the group. Uh, so we're going to go straight into track five, which is called Tiny Cities Made of Ashes.
1: She's all gone.
4: cool the uh the the, kind of the dual voice thing going on
3: yeah that's something that i feel like is is the first thing like this is the first time that they're starting to like dub over vocals and stuff because yeah that's that's him singing the deep uh vocals and the the main like more higher pitched vocals that's definitely both him this is the first time they start they start bringing in like like drum sample not samples but like drum loops and and stuff you know like drum programming stuff like that
4: yeah and then it, it happened in this song, and I feel like it happens on a lot of their. It's kind of a signature. A lot of their songs. Um, it was like a, almost like the surf guitar kind of like whammy bar. Yes, dip that that they do with like the the reverb and stuff. Sounds kind of surfy, but that's that's kind of a signature of theirs. Yeah,
3: they almost like bit like they bend the strings and. Yeah, I like, think
4: he's. It might be a whammy bar.
3: Yeah, it does sound like that. But yeah, he does that a lot, and he's. They've been doing that for. The
4: kind of like Dick Dale surf kind of stuff. Yeah, dude. But again, like th- dude, there you go. Another perfect example of like any genre, but we'll take it and 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 adapt it and make it ours, you know.
3: Totally. Well, that's it, man. This was a a, a doozy.
4: <laughs> man, if that doesn't prove just how how versatile and wide-ranging the Modest Mouse uh catalog is, like, you know. And they're still making music. They're putting on new stuff right now, like this year. Yeah, man. I feel like they had a new either a new record or a new single within the last month or two. I
3: think you're right. There, it might be a full album.
4: Is it the same guys this whole time, or have they kind of shuffled artists?
3: No, they've they've changed it up. The main okay, it looks like Jeremiah Green and, and Isaac Brock are the two. Okay. From you know that have been there since the beginning. Eric Judy, who used to play bass for them, now owns a bookstore in Seattle. That's pretty cool. I gotta go find out which one that is, dude. There's some good bookstores in this city. But yeah, so Jeremiah Green, who is a drummer who he's one of my favorite drummers, you know. I I, I've always felt that simple is is more powerful with drums. For for drums, yeah. Always, dude. And he he finds a way to to keep it simple when necessary, you know. He never does anything too crazy on it. He's just yeah, just solid, solid drummer. So him and Isaac are are the two that are still, you know, the two founding members still there. You can't have modest mouse without
4: that isaac brock you know he is modest his delivery is so unique his lyrics are so unique like
3: that he is modest mouse right and his lisp you know his speaking lisp is is something that that makes his singing voice very unique He, he carries i mean that lisp goes along with his singing voice too and it's yeah it's it's so different yeah no that's that's it's all part of the the package you know so yeah man um i hope that like you there are quite a few listeners who really didn't dive into their older stuff that enjoyed this episode and i hope that there are some long-standing modest mouse fans that appreciated the, the tunes that i brought tonight dude yeah you brought some good good picks man give lonesome crowded west a listen dude. listen to their first two albums man like moon and antarctica is a great album but their first two have always been my favorites so are we covering man man Next dude, are we doing that? yeah, we're totally doing that, <laughs> okay, that's gonna be just a, f- a fun episode, dude, yeah, dude, that's gonna be a blast, so did we
4: decide rabbit habits or are we gonna split it up between
3: let's do both of them, I mean their first okay. two, yeah, so i i I listened through some uh both of them the other day, between the two
4: records, there's a ton of stuff we could, so are we so we're doing six demon bag and rabbit habits and rabbit habits, yeah, okay, man, this is gonna be a blast, if you're not familiar with man, man uh you're in for uh one of the
3: most like it's just so hard to describe them they're just so they're gimmicky in all the right ways and i don't know how else to describe them you know what
4: dude the funny thing is man i mean this is this is the time of year they're they're kind of a good october band uh, as far as like halloween and shit They've
3: always reminded me of like pirates, and that's all I'm going to say. I'll I'll, yeah, I'll dive yeah, into yeah. that a little more next week. But yeah, now Q, you you saw them open for Modest Mouse, right? I did. That was the first time I saw them. I didn't even know who, anything about them. It's awesome. Uh, it was a I can't remember the the venue, but it was a like a big outdoor kind of amphitheater in Austin. Yeah, dude, it was it was awesome. It was awesome.
4: But yeah, th- they are really really. Interesting. That's all we'll say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so that'll be next week, and then uh at that time, well, by that time, I think uh now we'll maybe have one more episode after that. But I guess the next one after that will be a "What You Heard," right?
3: Yeah, and then I think after that we'll do. It's going to be our 200th episode, dude. No, got a few more after that.
4: We're going to sneak in our our annual bonus Halloween episode at some point. We, we got to
3: record that. But um so yeah, you'll get a you'll get a bonus episode. Lots of recordings to do. We got we got a super secret guest that confirmed is going to be on our show. I'm excited, dude. That's going to be for our 200th. Won't go into details yet, but yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a blast, man. Yeah, we got some some plans ahead of us, some treats. All right, Q.
4: Thank you for uh, for bringing the tunes here. This was uh, another solid episode, man. I mean, you know, Pixies or at least the the album that we covered last week, Do a Little, came out in '89, but it, you know. It it might as well be a 90s record, right? So just another example of kind of what David Brown said, our guest a few episodes back. Like the 90s really was the last decade. I don't remember his quote exactly, but it's something we've said uh, as well. Like just the last decade of really unique and creative rock.
3: Yeah, the young musicians that were coming up in the 90s like really – breathed life into rock like one last time and then and and now it's we've just been building on that.
4: Yeah. All right, well, uh please follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Uh we we we're pretty active on on Instagram. Um if you follow us on Twitter. Sorry. Um <laughs> because we Twitter's it's in the rear view, dude. You know, it's it's over. Yeah. Um so yeah, if you're a Twitter user and you also use Instagram, follow us on Instagram because that is uh, where all of our updates are going to be. Uh, we're sharing more more content beyond just the, you know, the, the the new episode post, basically.
3: And we're pointing back to to old episodes and stuff.
4: Yeah, and there'll be more things to come.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, so we'll find like similar episodes and similar albums to you know the stuff that we've kind of been hanging out in in the last month or so, and and direct you back to old episodes. So hopefully. You can find some info and listen to some of our older episodes that you may not have known about. I mean, dude, we're, we're approaching 200 episodes. I mean,
4: yeah, that's... 200 episodes. It's crazy. There's there's quite a bit of 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 episodes that that, that you likely have never heard of. So we're we're trying to use Instagram as a way to be like, hey, we talked about this band too. You know,
3: yeah,
4: it was a long time ago, but we talked about it. Yep. Um, anyway, so follow us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast to find us, and you can also. Of course, find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you want to find some more great music centered podcasts, uh, the Pantheon Network is the home of podcasts for music lovers. There are dozens of other shows under that network. So uh, go to pantheonpodcast.com. You'll find us there, but you'll find plenty of other great content. Uh, we'd like to thank AKG for sponsoring the show and the network. And, uh, yeah. Oh, also we have a website again. Yes. I'm just going to gloss over this really quickly, uh, <laughs> because it's, uh, really, it's just a, honestly, it's just a player. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, it's just a, it's just a, another way to listen to the show. Uh, it's, it's way, uh, pared down from what it used to be. Uh, it's a good way to kind of see all the shows. Uh, I also list, um, some of the Spotify playlists, you know, the mini Spotify playlists that we have now. Uh, So if you want just kind of one home for all that stuff, check out the website. Uh, Nothing fancy, but um, it is back in action. So nofillerpodcast.com. And that's it. So next week, we're going to jump into the old pirate ship with (laughs) Man-Man and and float around for a little bit. It's going to be fun. Yes, sir. So yeah, that's next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin.